0: My name is Danae Reed, and I want to welcome you to the part of life where mothers do not physically, emotionally, or mentally exist. Welcome to Damn Mom, Really?, which is a podcast that seeks to shed light on grief and open up a conversation about a topic that is often avoided. Again, this is a space for people who have either experienced the loss of a mother or a mother figure, and I am so excited to fellowship with you guys. The contents of these episodes is up to the discretion of both my guests and myself, and I can trust that they are telling the truth just as much as i am as it feels right for them also noting that the subject matter can potentially be heavy or triggering we have included a six minute cool down meditation by liliana rasmussen at the end of this episode for your pleasure and this soundscape is brought to you by scott reed jr What's up, y'all? Welcome to Damn Mom Really, which is a podcast that nobody wants to be on, but everybody wants to listen to. I'm super excited to be back here today with an amazing guest, Becca. And you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about this podcast is that every single episode, every single story is so unique and so different. And Becca, of course, falls right into that mold. She was about 16 when she lost her mom and is the youngest of five siblings, not only five siblings, but she also is the youngest of four older girls, five girls. So so I, I'm really interested in hearing about that dynamic and what that was like navigating it. And she also shared with me about, you know, not having her father around too. So I'm really excited to dive deep into this episode. But Becca, without further ado, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you. That was a wonderful introduction. Like, oh, it was... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've never been the guest. I've always been
1: like the host of like, yeah. So <laughs> it's so wow. weird. I know, being but, on yeah. the
0: other side of the, the, the row, right, it's 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 strange. Mm-hmm. I find, you know, when I'm in the other seat, too, it feels a little bit strange. But it's always nice when people ask you questions because nobody ever asks the, the host questions ever. It's nice. Yes. Like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I agree.
0: <laughs> yes, well, how are you doing today, first things first?
1: I'm doing well.
0: I'm just, you know, out here
1: one day at a time, taking mm-hmm. it in, you know, I'm looking for houses being an adult.
0: Yeah. You know, just trying.
1: <laughs> I know it yeah. really does suck, right?
0: That's like one of the things that, you know, you hear people say when you're younger, but you don't realize yeah. how much it sucks until you're actually like, yeah, oh, absolutely. wow. This is mm-hmm. terrible. But let's get let's get right into everything. So, Becca, you were 16 when you lost your mom. You're 28 now. What was it like for you being a teenager without having your mom, you know, physically there? Um,
1: it was weird. So like all my sisters had my mom at their graduation and they mm-hmm. had them like basically into their adulthood because mm-hmm. I was 16, my one sister was about 20. Okay. One 20ish 20 then the other one was like 10 years obviously like so 28 and then um my other sisters are all like way older had kids had a house and everything like I was living with my sister who is my guardian who I'm living with right now to save yeah. for a house so uh-huh. so it was very weird because I was still like a kid mm-hmm. so it's just like I don't I don't know it's like there's it was a lot of grieving five years later like, Ooh. it was so weird. I was just yeah. like, I had to grow up real fast, real quick. And it, it just was like, interesting.
0: Yeah, that five year mark, though, was so interesting. And I would love if we could talk a little bit more about that. Why do you mm-hmm. think that your grief kind of took a lull until five years later? So that would be you were about 21 at the time. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it was right when I was about to graduate, sort of say, because going into true adulthood realizing like my mom's truly gone all the hatred like I don't know if you feel this now like I don't know how long ago your mom passed away sorry but um it's okay. it was like she's truly gone I'm truly I had like this one moment where I would hate everyone who had a mom mm-hmm. and who would treat their mom like crap but
2: mm-hmm. like that
1: was just me like projecting like my own like like feelings of like missing my mom, not having my mom here and everything. And it was just like all this anger that I had, and frustration cuz like my mom was sick. <laughs> and she passed away really quick. Like it wasn't like she was it was like she found out she had like a uh, cervical cancer in August. And like a little later in August, she found out it like spread to like her kidneys and her lungs. And it was stage four, and then by October, she was gone. Wow. So it was like one, two, three, she's sick in the hospital, now she's in the hospice, now she's gone. Mm-hmm. And, like, I went to school. It happened on a Friday, and I went to school on Monday. It was, like, because I didn't know. I would never really lost, like, anyone, anyone. in my life. And, but it was, like, someone who was so, like, was, like, my lifeline. Mm-hmm. And like my dad wasn't really in my life to begin with. Like my mom always fought to have him in my life. So it was like all that with grieving, like of not having absolutely no one, and just like my sister, you know, taking me in, adopting me essentially, and raising me. Cause you're still a kid, yeah. like until, and I don't think you're an adult until you hit 21. Right. You're, like in college. Or you're figuring stuff out. If you want to go to college, you're partying right before you turn, right as you turn 21 and all the partying and stuff and all the bills, the real life bills come in and it's just like, whoa. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I definitely like reflect those sentiments of anger, or being angry.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think for me there's like, I feel like there's certain ways that I notice that I might take it out on people. But definitely when I see people who are not nice to their moms, I don't think that it makes me outwardly angry. I think that I like tend to harbor those feelings and kind of keep it inside. And I'm Mm -hmm. I'm just like so pissed off or, you know, even sometimes and not necessarily like, so I, I guess like anger in some regards, right? Like just angry at life. But then there's also times where I feel like I might be around somebody who's, like, disrespecting their mom. And, like, that really upsets and, like, me.
1: You're like, you still have your mom. Excuse me? Yeah, excuse like, me. What? Like, you still have your... So, yeah, yeah. but, like, you learn to, like, be, like, okay. Like, everyone has a different dynamic with their mom. Mm-hmm. And maybe my dynamic with my mom was a lot different. And yeah. just seeing, like, you know, some moms can be, like, bad. Like, yeah, yeah. And, but you don't understand that. And, like... Especially when a teenager I was at the age where I was starting to like, you know, we need to like have a little rebellion against your mom and all mm-hmm. that. And I got cut, dry, uh, right yeah. real quick. Yeah. So it was like a lot of anger, but like that like teenage rage anger. Like mm, very anxious. It took me a while. Yes, it took me a while to like let it go in mm. a sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think on top of that too, I was just saying, I definitely have been in situations where I am with people and their mom and it's just like it's it's such a weird feeling because it's not anger and it's not sadness, it's just like wow, like I am really looking at a relationship like in front of me that Mm -hmm. I do not physically have anymore. And I think it's such a Mm -hmm. complex emotion and feeling Mm -hmm. because, you know, you're angry at life, but you're not angry at the person for having the relationship with their mom. But like, you're also kind of jealous, but then you're like, but I shouldn't be jealous. And you're trying to also Mm -hmm. kind of just exist in your own world and understand, you know, to your point that people have different dynamics and I'm so happy you brought that up, you know, the difference in dynamics, because I feel like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately you know, how Mm -hmm. people are different with their moms, because I used to say, you know, if somebody would tell me they didn't have a good relationship with their mom or something, I'd be like, damn, that sucks. But you know, for some people, that's just their normal, and it does not suck Mm -hmm. for them. And so I've had to check myself a couple times too. And I think like just in the process of grieving and understanding grief, because my mom passed a little more than 10 months ago, like maybe 10 months and Uh, like a week. So it's still mm -hmm. pretty recent. But you know, I've been learning a lot about people and relationship dynamics throughout this whole process and you really do have to understand and it's so hard but you really do have to understand that people's dynamics are different and it just Mm -hmm. that is what it is and even even within your own family just talking about like two people right like it's like my relationship and dynamic with my mom is different from what she had with her mom or her sister or Mm -hmm. her best friend and I think I have to like that's I'm kind of in a space now where I'm trying to understand just the difference of it all.
1: Cause it is yeah, you're still, point. you're still in like the year phase, like mm-hmm. as I like to call it, the year phase. Like, well, I, I, my mom's been gone for now, like eleven, mm-hmm. year, eleven plus years, like ten years. Like it hit hard,
2: but mm-hmm. it's like
1: you know, but the one ye- the first year, the first everything, the first stuff that your first birthdays, first like Christmases, first everything. I just remember how heavy it felt, like, mm-hmm. and I just want to like know that that like everyone to know that that's a shared experience, like that heaviness, mm-hmm. that like oh like, oh, and then you want to like you you know talk to your your mom and spirit, and you speak to her and every single day and stuff, and it's so weird now. That I do speak to my mom sometimes, but it's not as heavy and as, Ooh. like, like, remorseful and sad and all, like, yeah. feeling like, oh, because, like, I don't know, it's just, it's just like, you know, I can't explain it. It's like. You're, like, going one day at a time. And, like, mm-hmm. as it goes, you know she's in spirit. You know she's there. She, you know that she's, like, watching over you, depending on, like, what religion or anything. Like, maybe you reincarnate into someone different in your life or send someone in your life to just, like, help you grieve or help you yeah, learn a lesson. Definitely. But that one year, man, was a lot Fair of
0: enough. heaviness.
1: It brutal, huh? And it just, it gets lighter and gets easier but it's like um like i said in like i saw like a a graphic or something like that like grief is like a big ball and there's like in a box with a button on the Mm -hmm. corner Mm -hmm. and it's so big because it's like the first time it's happening and it keeps getting hit each time but as you get it gets smaller and smaller and still hits the button every once in a while of your mom passing away or like the grief, but it becomes more of, like, your life and, like, Mm -hmm. and just, like, your perspective and just, you know, more, like, just, like, you become more caring, more understanding, and it's, like, but it takes time. It takes a lot of healing, a lot of crying, a lot of anger, a lot of everything for Mm -hmm. a lot of healing because it's – this person literally – gave you into gave you life yeah yes and like they still had a piece of you like it's just like Mm -hmm. piece of you is like missing always it's just so
0: yeah sure and even just like talking about the anatomy of things I remember I I, you know I don't live um I don't live like in the Philly area anymore but that's where mm -hmm. I'm from I live in New York now but I just, I remember, you know, one time I went to the cemetery, which I like to do when I go home, and I just remembered thinking, like, the body that carried me is in this ground, and trying to conceptualize that and understand that, even at 26, is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I I just recently turned 27, so I'm like, wait, I'm 27, I'm like trying to get my, like, ages together, but... You know, so okay. obviously, you know, there's a 10 year gap, no pun intended, you know, with your podcast, but there's a 10 year gap between when I lost my mom versus you and coming to that understanding at 26 is so difficult for you. What mm-hmm. was that moment like where you're 16, still very young, and you're like, the the woman who gave me life is not here. Like, is that something that you kind of, Conceptualize, I know you kind of went right back to the hustle and bustle of things, but did you like yeah. really sit with what that meant at the time?
1: No, mm. no, I didn't. It took that's why it took me so long to like fully grieve her. I think because I was a teen full of angst and rage, and it took me a while to get to that point. Like, she was gone, but like, it was still like I used to have dreams like she came back and. Mm. And it's, oh, like, you're gone. You're gone. And she's like, no, I'm right here. Like, I'm back. And I'm just like, I just remember all those dreams and just remember, like, it didn't take me. Like, it took me a long time to be like, she's gone. You have to grieve. You have to feel these feelings. You can't keep it all bottled up. Like, I really didn't cry until, like, I would cry. But, like, I didn't really cry. That cry, that weep, that, like, oh, that that aching feeling of, like, she's not coming back. Like, she's going to be in spirit, but she won't be physically here. Mm. So that, it took a long time. And being a teenager, haven't, I literally, I mean, I worked at, like, a camp counselor and stuff, but by the time I turned 18, I was working. I was, like, I had to work. I have to do this. I grew up. Like, you have to, like, go. Like, yeah. and I didn't, I kept going, going, going. Like, my mom wants me to go to school. My mom wants me to do this. And then it's I got to 21, and I'm like, what do I want? Ooh. Like, I keep living for my mom. And what did she want? Wow. And, like, what do I want? And why am I feeling like I need to do this? Like, she's gone. Like, she's gone. And yeah. that that's why it took five years, because it was just, like, I was on autopilot, like, just trying to
0: survive through this wow. grief. I love that you brought up the idea of, you know, getting to a point where you're like, well, man, what do I want? Because I feel Mm -hmm. that so heavily, right? I think that once we lose people, regardless of who they are, but I think that once we lose somebody who is so important to us, like a mother or a mother figure, I think it sends you into an identity crisis and you realize, Mm -hmm. again, even at 26, I'm realizing how much of what I've done with my life was rooted in what my mom wanted me to do. Not that I necessarily regret it. You know, my Mm -hmm. mom wanted me to school. She wanted me to do certain, go to school. She wanted me to do certain things. And so I fulfilled that. And I was happy to make her proud in that way. And I don't regret it, but I mean, even the idea now, and I I feel like I kind of push back on that a little bit when I talk to people and they're like, Oh, you should do this because this is what your mom would want. You should be happy because Mm -hmm. this is what your mom would want. And it's just like, I'm sorry, but I, I can't care about what she would want right now, you know? And so I think that that like exists in what you're saying on maybe like more of a micro level, but I feel that so much because we do get inundated with this idea of of living out their legacy and then it kind of hinders ours and people tell you not to do that, Mm -hmm. but it's hard not to.
1: No, it's, it's super hard and it takes a while to like even fully grasp that idea that you have to like live for yourself. Mm-hmm. I just it was just I was so depressed like and like my family was very not like adamant about talking about it really mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um like they knew that I was you know going through it but I didn't really show how depressed I was
0: yeah
1: and it took you a think while you realized? yeah like I was like I'm so like I don't want to do anything I don't want to like live I don't want to breathe like my mom is gone like and then I was like wow like would she even want that but would i even want that like mm-hmm. i had like i have nieces and nephews that are you know they're around the same age as me they're like 21 you know turn turn 21 turning 18 like i grew up with uh-huh. as well so um like do i want to leave all them behind because i have this this feeling in my head because i didn't get a chance to see it like and like conceptualize that i'm depressed i'm anxious like i have no one which that's what happens when i that's what happened to me when i lost my mom like i have no one yeah who yeah like (laughs) who's gonna help me Mm -hmm. like and like even though my like my sister who the second oldest sister who took me in and you know helped raise me like didn't have to didn't have like didn't have to like be like a second mother who like she I always lived with her my whole like basically my, a majority of my life and she took yeah. my mom in and like when my mom got sick and all that so and then when my mom passed away she took in all like took in wow. all of us and just it was like it was just really like I was like I can't be depressed or sad like mm-hmm. like my sister's doing all this for me but then I'm like I'm depressed and sad and I don't want to live like so that's another thing i feel like when you have to check your emotions you have to feel your emotions because constantly like it's when going through this and it's okay to be selfish about feeling oh god
0: yes thank you thank you for selfish in
1: your grief Mm -hmm. like be so selfish in your grief because it like me it takes five years and still working on healing my inner teen (laughs) like on all the anger and stuff that I felt like back then that didn't get a chance to feel. But yeah, yeah I think that's one thing if any like, like one can take it away. Be selfish in your grief because
2: yeah.
1: you're gonna be stuck like ten years down the line, like, oh my God. Mm. I spent my whole life just so sad, so depressed, so worried about like, Oh I, like take me away, take me with you But oh they don't want you. Yeah. It's it, it it was a lot but I was a teenager, I didn't know. Yeah. It took me so long to realize, like, that's depression, that's anxiety, and not a lot of people, I mean, it was 10 years ago, but, like, even 10 years ago, it was starting to be talked about, like, anxiety and depression, honestly, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: not as mainstream or big as talked about as it is now.
0: I think, sorry, um, I'm, okay. like, trying to get my thoughts together, but I think, for me, it tends to be really hard. And I think a lot of people feel this way, you know, because you think that things are supposed to feel so apparent and so obvious, right? So you have this idea of what depression looks like or anger or sadness or just a spiral in general. You have this general idea of what that is supposed to look like and what that's supposed to feel like, but it's only a feeling that you think you're supposed to feel Mm -hmm. because you've never experienced it. And so when I get into a space, because I'm listening to you talking, and that's why I get like a little bit choked up because it's just like, you know, for me, I think sometimes I have such a hard time pinpointing emotions that I'm not used to. So like, there's been times where I've been like, Oh, yeah, I don't want to live anymore. I want my mom to take me away. Like, I just want to be done with life in general. And for me, I think even hearing like, you say, Oh, that's definitely depression is, it brings me right back to this idea of like, girl, you do not know nearly as much as you think you do. Because for me, before any of this depression looked like sitting in bed all day and keeping the curtains drawn and not talking. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that a lot of the things that I felt, whether it's been anger, sadness, depression, whatever, I think I've wrote it off as a, oh, well, like, this is just how I feel. It's not anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I feel, you know? Yeah. So I mean, even you saying that is just kind of like, a yeah, it took like, me a
1: long time. Oh. Yeah, it took me a long time to realize that as well, because no one talked about it with grief like mm-hmm. this it's like i'm going but i'm not going. going yeah it's like it's yeah so like i feel like that was one thing i i it's it's not talk talked about talked about all. nearly like,
0: enough and, and- mm-hmm. I mean, Becca, I really just appreciate all of this so much because yeah. I feel like you're helping me. Um, and that's why I really enjoy talking to, I mean, I love talking to people in general, especially about this topic because I'm so new to it. But when I talk to people who are so, um, I don't know if well versus is the right word, like but deep have more, into experience, the grieving deeper.
2: Process.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because they can tell you things that people who lost their parent more recently just can't. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about those emotions that we might try to shy away from or the things that you kind of kept concealed because you felt like you should be grateful or you were kind of just keeping going. You know, those remnants Mm -hmm. of depression and anger and angst that you felt at 16 that had to get cut short for because you lost your mom, because you're living with your sister or just kind of going through the motions Mm -hmm. of life. How do you think that those things affected you in the long run? Like keeping that stuff suppressed? I cry all
1: the time. Like, I cry so much. I yeah. cry on, like, beautiful like puppy things, but I'll cry when, like, I don't know, like, happiness and I feel like someone something good is about to happen to me. I cry. I yeah, feel same so all this emotion, but, like, if I would have done crying back then and feel all this emotion, I don't think I would be crying as much as I do, but I feel like that is an after effect of not in my opinion i mean everyone's different everyone grieves different so when it came to me as a teen and cutting it short now i'm feeling all these emotions and now i'm like crying all Mm. the time but like the best cries not the cries that like make you tired and yeah the like very refreshing yes. yes okay but a good cry oh a good cry I'm also a Pisces so I'm like I love a good cry but back then I did not love a good cry like I did not I would like be like uh I really need to like step away but like right allowing a good cry right yeah something that like the after effects and just I'm very so adamant about people being emotional right because like emotions are all is what you truly want your anger is the first thing that makes you feel like their first reaction like you feel like someone's hurting you then you're angry that like it's just like emotions like after effects is like just feeling them out being in tune with them i think that's what After being covering
0: it up so long and then letting
1: it all out, I'm just like everyone feel emotion. It's
0: like (laughs) kind of like a balloon, and you're just getting like needles in you, and and it's kind of like letting all of that Mm -hmm. stuff that you suppressed out in different ways. I mean, I'm I'm happy that you eventually did get to a point where you're able to let it out, though. But I want to know from your and I have like a million different questions for you, so I'm really gonna try to like pare it down because you're just blowing me away. Um, Mm -hmm. do you think that anybody, and obviously everybody grieves, you know, differently and there's no right or wrong way to grieve, um, as long as it's, I guess, quote unquote healthy. But do you think that anybody who, who has to approach grief, whether, whether it's suddenly with the sudden loss of somebody or not, do you think that people are adequately prepared to deal with it? Because. And the reason I'm asking you that is because Mm -hmm. just hearing you talk and thinking about my own personal experience, it's just like, okay, you know, I think I know, but when I'm in it, do I know? And I think the answer tends to be no. So it's like, there's no way, in my opinion, but I want to know what you think.
1: I don't think there's, we don't go into knowing like how to grieve. Like, it's like, we see it in movies as like a quick one, two, three. They go and they get there happily ever after. We don't ever see the full process. Yeah. We we'll don't ever see the crying, the anger, and you know, you get it. You get little bits and pieces and stuff like that. You just never get the just at day to day. So it's like hard. It's I don't think we'll go. I don't think anyone will be able to go in unless they've lost someone before
2: mm-hmm.
1: into knowing what grief feels like and what grief is. Like mm-hmm. absolutely not, in my opinion. Yeah, like, it's so different. It hits people differently. Like my sisters all grieve differently, um, a lot differently, mm-hmm. and compared to me, like I feel like I'm just like I, I'm. I'm able to be like, all right, I feel like crap because that yeah. or something. Like I'll talk about, but um, yeah, it was a. I just don't think, as humans, we go into grief, knowing, mm-hmm. or feeling. It's yeah. just like. always a shock yeah even though death is a part of our lives and shows that we feel and we know like it's so universal everything has to come to an end and and, like but it's always so sunny it's always so shocking it's always so painful it's yeah like I just I agree with you it does no one goes into it prepared
0: or knowing right right so like you I have Well, I have a sibling. You have more siblings than me, but I'm actually the oldest versus you being the youngest and just, you know, seeing my brother's approach to grief and how it's so much differently than mine, I think can be a bit frustrating for me sometimes because I just don't Mm -hmm. get it. Um and I obviously like I try not to put that on him or anybody else who grieves differently because it's just not my experience to live. But I wanna know from your perspective and understanding that you're also you're the youngest, but you're also, Mm -hmm. you know, among so many different women or girls who are grieving differently than you, how did that impact or affect the dynamic of your sisterhood after losing your mom?
1: We actually got closer, okay, like shockingly. Uh-huh. Um, but like it didn't hit till the pandemic that we got really significantly closer, wow. um, and significantly felt like and talked about it, like in a way, but it was like. I was still a kid like Mm -hmm. so it was so weird seeing like my sister who I live with she's a very I guess you can say like let's go this 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 get this done let's do this let's get the funeral done let's get this let's all that let's get the paperwork signed to get you you know for me to be your guardian all this and it's just and then like my oldest sister she was just very much she was there but she was you know distant and obviously like all my sisters have always obviously been there but like my middle sister was very much uh, um we like to call her the therapist of the family she also loves to just talk about feelings and Mm -hmm. all that stuff and then my sister my sister my other sister who's like only three years older than me she was very distant and then she she had my godson like maybe like, a year or so after, which Uh was, like, a blessing in disguise. And I I say this every single day, like, my mom sent him Uh for us because I don't know how we would be without him because he kind of was just, like, this, I guess, thing, not thing to keep us busy, but, like, thing to, like, love and experience and be happy and grateful. And she was still pretty young. She was only, like, 21 when she had him. So, but, yeah, and then we all grieved so I grieved so, like, quietly and then loud. And then, like, mm-hmm. my, swan- my middle sister grieved so loud, and she still does, which is amazing. Like, me and her, over the years, have developed more of a relationship because we like to talk and yeah. talk. That's why we have a podcast <laughs> and news apart because we yeah. talk and talk. And, like, yeah, it took, like, a while for us to – we were close. We're, like, Lisa's girls. Mm. They're so close. They're all so, like, together and like all that and like the pandemic just made us even closer so it, yeah. it's and just talk more like about yeah. grief and talk more with each other but yeah we all grieved so completely different and it was so completely weird it was like weird honestly mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie it's so weird yeah. like
0: it, it's very and weird just
1: so and perspective opening like and that I think because I had so many siblings Mm-hmm. and i you know the whole grieving everyone grieves differently it was just like i know everyone grieves differently look at my sister she's doing this look at my sister she's doing that look at her we she went my once my middle sister went back to school and we actually had like a spanish class together like oh, it was well. so funny like um so yeah it's just so interesting just how yeah. grief works and how it hits everyone differently too mm-hmm. so yeah the dynamic I know that, like sometimes they're like, "Okay, okay, Becky, keep bringing it up that she didn't make it to your graduation." Like, <laughs> for a while, it was like, but now we joke. It's not. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. It's just laughter and joking becomes yeah. like a thing because yeah, it's just that you need. Like, yes, yeah, it's like trauma. Yeah. And, yeah,
0: yeah, and I wanted to talk a little bit about that because you obviously like loss in general is trauma, but then you mm-hmm. also have the trauma of kind of a sudden loss that you weren't expecting and you kind of are seeing your mom sort of deteriorate in that way Mm -hmm. do you think that that has had long lasting impacts on you outside of just grieving her loss in general like her getting sick it was so weird
1: um she knew she was sick from the beginning like she knew a while ago and um she didn't tell us for until Mm -hmm. it was like I feel like she didn't tell us until it was too late Like, which is hard, and something like you have you had to deal with, like it was so angry. Like, why did you wait so long? Why couldn't you know we could have started the grieving process a little early? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people do. Like a lot of people say, when someone's sick, you get a chance to grieve slowly, like as they're deteriorating. But like it was just like, whoa! It's already September. It's already October. She's already gone. Like damn. Mm -hmm. Like so. Um losing someone I, I don't know the experience of someone like having their like parent there for a while and getting sicker because it was just so quick yeah um but even within those like 2 3 months it was so weird to see like my mom not be herself anymore mm. or see just like her losing her hair cuz she started to lose her hair and like I don't know. It was just like once we got to the hospice, they were like, oh, yeah, you know, the hospice sometimes are there for a week or something like that. We stayed overnight. They let like us stay like out in the living room area that they had. And like literally she got there at like 10, 10 ish, maybe around that time. And she She... was gone like 10 a.m. the next day. It was so crazy. Like when she got there. So, and it was, like, Thursday night, Jersey Shore, we were watching it, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah. (laughs) yeah, it's just, like, I don't know, and, like, it was just so weird to see, like, they were, like, I don't know how she's talking, she has, like, like half a long laugh. She really can't be talking. I don't know uh, how she's doing that. I'm like, cause she knows she's about to go. I mean, I'm saying this now, but not yeah. back then. I didn't know. <laughs> but like, she's like, cause she's probably like, let me say my last piece in words, cause she's an Aries mom. Let oh, me Say the okay. last few words and go. Yeah. <laughs> When's her birthday? She is March twenty-first. Okay. So okay. She so is first a March Aries. Aries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an she's Aries too. Death.
0: Okay. I,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um I have an Aries moon and an Aries rising, so okay. that's a lot. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Right. yeah. But lots of fire. I was like she liked to say I was like her birthday gift because I'm March third. So Okay. Yeah. Um
2: Happy like, Believing. Oh,
1: yeah. You're my, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um so she likes to say, Oh, you were my birthday gift, like or something like that. Um she also like lost her dad. Like three or four months Prior to having me wow. So she was going Through extreme grief as well While right. she was like in the last Like few like Months of being pregnant with me So it was like I don't know like every time like they bring Up like about like my grandfather who I never got a chance to meet I'm like I feel some sadness But I think that's generational just being In the womb with yeah later as weird as that sounds but um i don't know how anyone is religiously but in terms of like we feel everything our mom feels when they're in the womb yeah yeah i know i felt like
0: that traumatic
1: experience with her
0: Mm. so yeah so you've known grief all of your life even though you didn't necessarily know that you knew it Mm -hmm. and i think
1: i love talking about grief i love talking about like my mom now it took me a while to obviously talk to her without like getting like a little choked up mm-hmm. um, or a little like emotional a bit like after the fact after talking but ever since it's been uh, 11 like I said 11 years and I just love to like connect with people that way yeah even though that's very weird but <laughs> it's just like it's a very shared experience
0: I mean, at at 16, you have siblings, but I'm assuming you were probably one of your only, you know, peers or one of the only people amongst your friend groups that had kind of experienced yes. the loss of a mother.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you know, it obviously feels isolating, like, regardless, but... You know, with that, you're talking about graduation. I'm curious to know, though, what like prom was like for you, too, or if you went to prom or just those events that kind of, yeah, just those events that kind of really solidify your high school experience without her and seeing your friends have something that you did not.
1: Yeah, it was hard. I remember it just being so hard. So we got, I'm going to send the picture, but we had, um, we had a picture printed out of my mom at graduation oh. and we held her up. They, you know, they brought her, it was like a kind of surprise for me. I remember how emotional that day was because mm-hmm. I was like, it was just not fair. I was like, that's so rude of you, mom. Like <laughs> you couldn't even come. Like you couldn't even yeah. like, why couldn't you have been sick? Like around like June. Just June later. You <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All, like all this stuff that like she has missed out since then though. Mm. It's hard to think about now. Like when it was ten years that she passed away, um, I there was like a TikTok trend about like, oh, like you, this is all what you miss since you've been gone, mm. and like a lot of people like put like they've been gone for three years and stuff. So then I'm in ten years and I'm like, how can I make this like a two, like a five slide when she's missed like half my life? Wow, like she's only known me for sixteen years. And it's getting up there to where she's going to be gone as long as she's known me. So that's like something I've been still like dealing with. Like, and, and she was only 50 when she passed away. She was so young. Yeah. um, And just so she was the youngest too, of nine. So. Oh, wow. So you guys also have that in common too. So, yeah, it was just like, wow, like such a. It's just such an experience that, like, sometimes I'm, like, I don't wish it on anyone, like, to go through that, to have that stripped away, especially, like, at a young age. I wouldn't wish that on, like, even my worst enemy to have a parent be gone in, like, their lives because it's so – it's, like, you're so connected with them, even depending on, like, the relationship. But, like, just – I don't know. It just keeps her memory alive when I talk about her. So that's one thing. Yeah. I know. I haven't really, like, talked about her like that. Like, I had, this is kind of, like, the first time in, like, maybe, like, a year or so that I actually sat down with someone who doesn't know, like, my story or anything and yeah. talked about her. So it's, it's feeling really good. Like, I feel... I was going yeah, to yeah. say, how does it feel? It feels weird. Like, I haven't really... I've I've always interviewed people about grief. Like, I've never had someone be like, yeah, so, like, how is, like, losing your mom at 16? I'm like, very live, life love.
0: It's not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And then also, you know, at the time, you're kind of dealing with the loss of your mom, but you're also kind of dealing with the absence of your father. Did you ever experience feelings of just feeling unwanted? Yes. Mm. Um
1: i do something i worked out in therapy a lot because Uh the relationship i had with my dad wasn't very very close in general when i was younger it was always Mm -hmm. compared to my sister who was only like three years ahead um like three years older than me and i was always compared to her as well yeah so in his eyes and um when she passed away I like re like we had to reach out to him to sign over his rights and I sent like this whole thing about how like you didn't make me feel loved you didn't make me feel appreciated and just he didn't care so it was like He's I rem- it was so hard to be like why don't you want me I'm just a kid and like his whole family like why didn't you want me I was only a kid when I lost my mom I don't know anything like yeah. I'm I'm a teen I was a teenager why did you pick his side like why didn't you want <clears throat> nothing to do with me and like that that feeling of grief is a little bit different but <clears throat> that was like also having to deal with that on top of my mom it was heavy <sighs> it was so heavy and it, I think that's why I wouldn't like really that's why I like depression and like all that and like it's just so much I'm like why this is not there this is not why is this happening to me but like now i'm blessed i'm like my brother like my sister who's my guardian her husband he's been a father figure to me since mm-hmm. so i don't feel like a complete absence anymore i okay. learned to accept it because he's always he's always been there for me like he's the person i call if something's wrong with my car like oh. <laughs> so it's like i really therapy and stuff helped me deal with that yeah, that grief and that loss of like feeling un- unwanted because it felt really heavy
0: yeah and I'm, I'm so happy that you are kind of able to you know start start at least start healing those wounds mm-hmm. even if they're not fully healed and having somebody in your corner and in that space to give you what you needed because I think that's so important through this work I've met so many people with so many different stories but you know, one that's really common is people feeling alone or unwanted in the midst Mm -hmm. of their grief and how it kind of compounds that feeling and makes it just that much worse. And so I I really appreciate you for being transparent about your experience and just everything that you've dealt with and and what you're going through and what you've gone through. And uh, yeah, yeah. And you know, again, I understand now it's been about 11 plus 12 years since losing your mom. I want to talk before we go, I want to talk a little bit about that five year period where you kind of really started experiencing that. Like, what was that wall that you hit? Like, and was there a catalyst for it? Or was just it kind of like you woke up one day, you're just like, Oh, something's not right.
1: Yeah, it's kind of was like that I was drinking, like partying. I was doing I wasn't like, caring about anyone else's feelings or taking a court mm-hmm. court and I think it was actually my sister who was like this is not who you are wow. and this is not what you know she's like this is not what your mommy would have wanted like mm-hmm. and I'm like I don't care but then I was like I'm not happy like she's mm-hmm. not here there's nothing here for me there's nothing there Ugh. and it just was yeah. so much emotion so much outpour and so much grief that i had to do alone and with myself just be like and then reach out and be like this is why i was the way i was like i didn't even get a chance to grieve like i felt like i just and like having those conversations like you didn't have to do it alone i feel so bad that you had that you felt that way like you know people saying that to me and just like connecting with like different people who not only experienced that grief or just someone who just knows that like like who is a comforting soul that would like allow you to feel those feelings was very big to me because I think I was in a five and a half year relationship around that time and I got out of it um, I was so attached to his parents because he had both parents they were loving towards me but like I wasn't happy at all. Like all of it. I was just not happy and just mm-hmm. not myself anymore. And I just felt like so distanced from everyone. And everyone's like, like you are you're the cheerful Becky. You're the cheerfulness. And hearing that while Oof. you're going through that yeah. is not something that I wanted to hear. Cause I'm not right. cheerful. I'm not mm-hmm. happy. I'm yeah. not like one wanted- I'm like, no. Yeah. So that's I think all that and just being like my sister saying like this is not you this mm-hmm. is something wrong like you need to figure yourself out yeah. i think that was one th- that was just like the the wall the thing that you that we yeah. had. So just need to break down and mm-hmm. i just like i'm so grateful for that lesson um but yeah like it's just like i also like my my relationship with men now he has loving family and um, loving parents, two parents, and um, I also would always get attached to like people's parents. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's not weird. It's, it's like normal. It's apparently, real, really it's fairly normal. normal. Yeah. I'm like, it's so weird. Like, no, it's not. It's actually yeah, pretty it's normal. It's normal. A lot of people normal. do yeah. that. Um, but I I remember getting into a relationship with him. He's amazing. I love him to death. Like, he's been here for my a lot of my ups and downs. Like, I think. After I grieved my mom, like, five years in, I think, like, maybe a year and a half later of doing that, like, it was because like, we've been together for almost now, like, six years. Yeah. Wow. So, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, like, I met him, like, a year and a half into, like, fully grieving my mom, feeling it, not using, like, different, like, st- stuff to just, like, alcohol, like, unhealthy, like, coping mechanisms, like, of going to the gym, like, 20 hours. At- like, the, I was working myself to help to death, working myself to death, drinking, partying, spending money I didn't have, like, it was just, like, bills were hitting, and I was, like, negative, scrapping for change, like, my sister was giving me money, and I was paying her back, Giving it was all that, and, like... Yeah. And like a year and a half after I like, I'm like, I need to make a change. I'm I'm done school. I need to figure out my life. I, I finally like my, I'm now a college graduate. My mom's not here. Oh, I'm like, I need to feel my feelings out all this this man walks into my life and it's just been like there, my support system and everything. And I was like, I need to make sure I don't get attached to his parents. <laughs> but, like, I got attached to him and attached it. Like his parents are wonderful and like so lovely and amazing. His family is all amazing. And it's just been like, he's always, even though he doesn't know that grief and I hope, to, Oh my God, not going wood. Oh like he doesn't have to experience that, but like he's all like he has this way of just knowing that, like, to make me feel better
2: mm-hmm. and make
1: me uplift me and cheer me on and yeah. um, do all the things that make me happy and what I want to do. So, like, I think hitting that wall brought me, like, so many blessings on forward, like, yeah. on six years later. Like, yeah. 11 years in, and, like, it's it's manageable. Like, my grief is manageable now. And having a support system and people who, I can text and call and speak to about it and just, like, connect with. Yeah. Know, just, like, any level, whether they lost their mom, their dad, their brother, their sister, a goldfish, honestly, a dog. Mm-hmm. like Right. Um, I even, like, it's just you have to grieve in order to, like, live. Like, you have to feel what is hurting you and recognize it, and that way you can go on with life because yeah. life is worth living. At the end of the day, it's mm. but it's. I mean, I trip up, I get in my like, depressive modes, and I. But I know how to recognize them and just feel them out, and yeah. uh, just express them, and just therapy too helps. Yeah,
0: yeah. wow, Becca, this has been yes. so.
1: Amazing. I know I like literally like spilled my whole life and stories and stuff. I I'm an open book because. like I told you I'm like my thing is like you never know what someone's going through one Mm -hmm. and two like you never know what
0: you could say could change someone's life exactly exactly well i want to thank you so much for joining me today this has been so phenomenal so amazing and we touched so many different things and i think that this Mm -hmm. was a therapy that i didn't know i needed so thank you for providing space and also sharing space and creating community with me i am sending you so much love
1: yes absolutely Mm -hmm. i love what you're doing i love this podcast i really i i love being able to talk about grief and talk about my mom And just shed light and go through, like, all that stuff. Even – I wish I had something like this back Mm -hmm. then because then I would be able to be, like, wow, I'm not alone.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm not –
1: my grief is not, like, any different. Like, there's stuff, yeah, that may be a little tiny different. Maybe you might cry a little more than me. But, like, you're still crying. You're still feeling the emotions. It's still – yeah, I love this, and I'm so glad that you – you know, have me on here.
0: Thank you, thank you. Oh my God, I'm going to cry, but this this time, tears of joy. Well, Becca, yes. I'm going to let you go, but I want to thank you so much mm-hmm. for joining us on Damn Mom, Really. And I also want to thank y'all for listening to another episode of this show. It has grown exponentially, and I just want to thank you guys so much for your support. So with that being said, we will see you guys next time. Again, this is Damn Mom, Really. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave us a review and a comment. It's super, super helpful to us. And as promised, there's a relaxing cool downside guided meditation by Liliana Rasmussen coming up in five, four,
2: three, two. Welcome to this guided meditation session to create a safe place for you. Chronic pain can be very hard to handle, but many times when we create a mental image of our suffering, we tend to aggravate this pain, thus increasing it. Then every time we feel the sensation, we will have a negative thought attached to it on a conscious and subconscious level. So what this meditation will teach you are techniques to change the mental image that has been created from this pain and instead implement a peaceful association with pleasant visualizations that create a warmer bonding between you and your body's sensations. This allows you to accept and allow, instead of fight and push away. Make sure you're in a very comfortable position. Sit down or lay down if that feels good for you, however you need to position yourself so that none of your muscles are activated or tense. Every part of your body can rest and feel completely relaxed during this meditation. Begin by taking five deep breaths to relax even more. One, full breath in and let it go. Two, fully inhale and exhale. Three, breathe in as much as you can and let it go, feeling a wave of relaxation come over you. Four, Inhale deeply, and exhale, feeling invigorated, five, last one, fully inhale, and exhale, feeling any tension loosen up and your body feeling extremely relaxed, good, and just allow your breath to slow and flow naturally now, don't try to change anything about it, just notice the calmness that these five breaths gifted you, notice how your body breathes without you doing anything at all, Begin to feel any sensations that you associate with your pain. Bring them into your awareness and allow these feelings to multiply. You're completely safe and secure. It's okay to allow these sensations to arise. They will not harm you. Put all of your focus on these areas. Really feel their exact position and the quality of the sensations. What's the pain like for you? Is it stinging, tingling, or burning? Perhaps it's like something else. In your mind, describe every detail and then sit with it. Be entirely with it while it presents itself. Don't do anything about it except feel it. Allow the sensations to grow and don't stop them, just see what they do. Notice the details of changes the sensations make. Good, you're doing so well. Now switch your focus and bring into your mind's eye a visual of a place you love to go or have been to that is very serene and peaceful for you. It could be an imaginary place, like on top of a gorgeous mountain, or somewhere you frequently go, like a nearby nature path. Your favorite place could be as simple as your warm, cozy bed next to a loved one. Wherever this place is for you, see it vividly right now. Start by visualizing all the physical aspects of this place. Where are you? What do you see when you look up? If you're outside, it could be the sky. If you're in a safe room somewhere, it could be the ceiling. Notice everything you see when you look up. Now look down and at your feet. What does the ground look like below you? Gaze all around this favorite place of yours, making the colors bright and vivid. Make out even more details now, like the leaves on the trees and plants, or the things that are placed around the room. Do you notice any patterns anywhere? They could be patterns in nature, like the way things grow, or the patterns of fabrics and objects in a room. Notice every pattern you can find in great detail. The more details you can imagine, the better. How dark or light out is it? What time of the day do you think it is? And make a judgment about the placement of the sun in the sky, which weighs the light of the sun coming into your imagination. Look at all of the beautiful things that make this place so enjoyable for you. Use your visual creativity of this place for the next several moments. Nice. Now you are going to bring about the sensations this beautiful spot offers. Start by tapping your feet on the ground. Is the surface hard or soft? Feel the ground below you here with your feet, noticing anything you can about it. Become aware of the temperature in this place. Is it cool or warm or hot? Is there a breeze blowing or is the air calm and still? Can you feel the sun on your skin? Sit with these sensations for a few moments and enjoy them. Are there any smells here? If you're imagining the beach, maybe you can smell the salty air, or if you're in a forest, the smell of nature. Just notice how your sense of smell can create sensations of aromas for you when you put your mind to it. What about sounds? Bring fully into this experience any sounds that surround you here. Perhaps you hear a loved one nearby. Perhaps you're alone and you can hear the sounds that nature creates for you. Vividly hear any sounds in this experience. Sit with these senses activated for a few moments and begin to interact with your environment. Great. To relax even further, become aware of what you're doing here. Are you sitting down and relaxing, or walking around and exploring? Are you doing exactly what you love and want to do? See yourself being completely relaxed and happy here. There's no need to do anything here but relax and enjoy it. Be assured that this place is always here for you to keep you safe if you need to flee from pain. Take another slow and deep breath in, and as you exhale, you feel at complete peace with yourself and all the sensations in your body. As I speak these words to you, you are changing the mental images associated with your pain. Whenever you feel overwhelmed by the sensations in your body, repeat this exercise to accept the pain and change the thoughts associated with it. When you use this technique, you will stop the pain from becoming aggravated and growing stronger. When you vividly visualize a safe and peaceful place in moments of distress, you are slowing down your pulse and blood pressure, creating a peaceful and strong connection to your body and mind. Allow yourself to slowly become aware of your surroundings, and whenever you're ready, open your eyes, ready to go about your day peacefully.